Welcome to the Influent Podcast, developing leadership, building success, and influencing society. For more resources, visit us online at influent.life. I'm here with uh, Robin Bell, and Robin Bell is uh, works with Vision Fund, which is a division of World, World Vision. Vision, and Vision Fund is the microfinance arm of World Vision. So, Robin, now what's your title? I'm the regional director of East Africa. And so East Africa is what nations? Ethiopia, Kenya, Tanzania, Rwanda, Uganda. Okay. And this whole thing of microfinance just honestly really floats my boat. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, my view is that God wants to redeem every area of life and reform Mm -hmm. every area of life. And you're a banker, right? Your background is banking. Yep. And so this microfinance world is basically banks turned inside out and turned from greed to generosity. Mm-hmm. And so I, w- I want to dive in there a little bit. Now, okay. now, now, before Vision Fund, you worked for Opportunity International. Correct. Now, Opportunity, uh, I did some research on these guys. They were started in the 70s. Yes. By a guy. Do you remember what his name was? Uh, anyhow, he, but he was a real innovator. And weren't they the very, were they the very first microfinance arm? Uh, I think they were one of the first. I'm not sure if they yeah. were the first, but they were definitely one of the first. And you, you were over all of Latin, Latin America, America for, mm-hmm. for uh, Opportunity International. And, and so what microfinance is, just, just, well, just give us a little background of what exactly is microfinance. It's basically banking for the poor. I want to say it's really just banking, but adapted to the needs in the, of the poor clients and low-income households. So it's generally average loans of about two to three hundred dollars some can be up to four to five thousand but generally they start in the fifty to a hundred dollar range and go up from there it's you know financing a range of small business activity it can be agriculture activity so these aren't these aren't loans to go to the movies or buy a car these are loans to start businesses for income generation purposes yes right so the idea is someone can start a little business. Exactly, or expand the existing business that they have. Yeah, it, it was amazing to me because I actually went with you a couple times mm-hmm. to uh, a few different places. Colombia and Mexico. Caribbean and Mexico and uh, Colombia. Mm-hmm. Colombia. And I remember them. I remember going to one place and it was a landfill, right, mm-hmm. with 800 homes, as I recall. Mm-hmm. And they're little shanties, right, on a landfill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And dirt floors, mm-hmm. and I still—it's still vivid. I, I remember going to one of the ladies there, and uh, we're 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 in her little house with her little dirt floor, and she was just beaming, mm-hmm. and was thanking us as Opportunity International, right, mm-hmm. and thanking us for changing her life because she was she was describing how she had a a three by three foot shelf mm-hmm. that was filled with um, school supplies, right, and that was her entire bit her entire livelihood. Right. Out of her house, she sold of a three by th- you know three foot by three foot little square school supplies, and that's how she made her living. And with a hundred and fifty dollar loan from Opportunity, she went and bought three more shelves mm-hmm. and started selling medical supplies like bandages and aspirins and stuff, and tripled her income. Most people don't realize a hundred and fifty dollars can actually change a life, but it does, and that's exactly what. It- 
If it's used wisely, that's right. exactly what happens. And it tripled her income. I mean, that completely changed her life. She was beaming and and was like thanking me, you know, even though I have nothing to do with it, of course, for being a part of Opportunity and like ready to receive prayer. And I think we prayed for her and, you know, it was just so fun. And we go, we went and talked to some other people. One lady, one lady used it to buy a wash machine, I believe, and they started mm -hmm. a in a wash machine business mm -hmm. where you could get your clothes washed, like a laundromat, right? Mm -hmm. Another lady uh, bought some water uh, water pumping equipment and sold bottled water, right? So mm -hmm. it, they're in the community; they could actually get water and not have to go anybody mm -hmm. safe water, et cetera. Another lady. Uh, had a cell phone business, right? Where they bought yeah. a cell phone and then rented the cell phone out so you could like make by a phone minute. call. By the, it, by the minute. Yeah. And so just so much, I mean, you're, you're literally creating a little economy. But the more important thing about all that is what the money enables them to do. Yeah. Because I think the reason the women are so happy is because now they're able to pay the school fees for their children, to keep right. their children in school. Right. You know, they're better able to feed their children. It's right. the life, the difference that it makes in the whole family's life, not just their life. You're really changing a life. And mm -hmm. and it's, you know, it goes to, you know, you know, Jesus cared about the poor. He said, give to the poor. He was, you know, mm -hmm. I, I don't know of any teacher 2000 years ago that was talking about feeding the poor. And mm -hmm. and Jesus, it's a priority. And and here it is rather than rather than feeding the poor, which mm -hmm. is great great thing to do mm -hmm. what you guys are doing is actually teaching them to fish you're actually helping them enabling empowering them to actually start a little business exactly and these are these are the poorest of the poor like these are people these are families that make less than 120 or dollar 25 a day right so considered yeah. extreme poverty right extreme poverty now our target market is basically those which make less than two dollars a day. Less than two dollars a day. You know, so fifty percent of the world's population lives on less than two dollars a day. Wow. And most people don't realize that. Wow. But when you figure for a family of five, that's ten dollars a day or three hundred dollars a month for a family of five. <laughs> it's nothing. And it's not just that standard of living is very different in other places than it is here. It's exactly what you saw. It's people living with dirt floors. It's people living with, you know, the cardboard roofs or, you know, plastic. They're, you know, plastic sheeting around the house. You know, it's it's a different standard of living. It's it is that two dollars a day. It's it's crazy. Yeah. And you know, one of the things that struck me is when I went there, I, I felt like here I am. We go and go from house to house to some of the clients mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. had had built these businesses with the loans and they were so receptive and so grateful. I felt like I could have gone into that that um, uh, that 800 per you know family community there and set up a little meeting and brought some a guitar player and a speaker and they all would have received Jesus. You know, mm -hmm. it just it's, it felt that way mm -hmm. to me. Just because they were so grateful, there was no skepticism. There was no like, who are you? What do you want from us, you gringos? You know, there was none of that because we established the trust. You establish trust exactly. You really serve them where they mm -hmm. really, where it really mattered, mm -hmm. and walked with them. Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and here's here's the other other thing that that and let's describe the model a little bit because it's just so cool. I mean, you don't just throw money at somebody. You actually, you know, walk through the process of of the structure of of how you actually meet these people and and uh, and and help them. So we start by forming a group and. 
generally the groups can be anywhere from 20 members to sometimes in some programs up to 40 members in a group. They come together. In some places it's a little more formal. They register as a community-based organization. So that's what we do in, in East Africa. In, in Kenya, for example, they register as community-based organizations. But you go through that process in the community. So you're having people from the community, your loan officers, who are organizing groups together. They come together. They self-select because they know who in the community is going to be a good payer, who is the drunkard or whatever. So, you know, may misuse the money and not repay the loan. Okay, so... so they so you, do their self-selection that way. So you find someone in that community you call a loan officer. These actually right. work for you. Mm -hmm. And they help find the responsible parties mm -hmm. in that. It, mm -hmm. it, they could be poor, but they're responsible. They're going to do what they say. They're honest. They're not going to rob people. So you find a group of these people who want to start a business or build a, or grow right. their business. Right. Okay. And so that can be like 15 to 40 people. Right. Okay. And they guarantee each other. Ooh. Yeah. And <laughs> so meaning if the guy next to you in the, in the group doesn't pay, you, you help foot that bill. Exactly. That's why they don't bring in the deadbeats or, you know, the, so, the people who are not likely to repay. So what are the positives of that? The positives are is that they, being from the local community, they actually know who's who. They know who's more respectable. So they help manage the risk of the organization. The other positive is that they actually put peer pressure there because they themselves want repeat loans. They don't want to lose their money. So right. if they feel <clears throat> somebody has the capacity to repay but is just being, being unwilling, a deadbeat, right. yeah, then, then they'll put more pressure okay. on them. But if it's a case also from a group, if somebody's husband or child gets sick, they're also willing to help their neighbor in need. That's awesome. And so, you know, that is ultimately what we're all about is, I mean, people are willing to extend a helping hand to others in their community when they legitimately need it. But when they don't need it, then they'll put the pressure on them. So, okay, so you got a group of people mm -hmm. who are ready to take a loan. Mm -hmm. The loan officer comes in and then verifies that they all know each other, first of all, so that, that somebody hasn't been imposed by others. So they come in, verify that they all know each other. That's what we call the group recognition test. Mm -hmm. Then they fill out the applications with the group. And then it the... Approval process, then, you know, obviously you go through the loan appraisal and loan approval process. And then when we disperse it, we disperse again in the group. Now, in some places, like in Kenya, we have the mobile platform. So we don't take checks or cash anymore. Everybody, when you go to a disbursement meeting, everybody comes with their cell phone and they literally register their cell phone on our platform. They just send us a zero payment. So all these Africans have cell phones? Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> Everybody's you got a cell phone. Like, you should see the picture. They don't have a refrigerator or an AC unit, I know, but, but they got a cell phone. They do now because <laughs> this is this is how they save money now, too, is on the M-Pesa platform. And so people, actually, a lot of people don't bank, but they have money on their M-Pesa platform. Okay? <laughs> so they send us a zero payment, and then we actually disperse the money to their phones. Wow. Okay. Oh, okay. So, so, so you disperse the money, and then are they just kind of on their own, or what happens? 
No, so then they're able to then take their, obviously, their phone to any M-Pesa agent to get their cash. Okay. Um, so that's not a problem. Then what happens is afterwards, they have their, in this particular case, it's monthly meetings. Sometimes they're weekly meetings in some countries where they do it. Right, I think in, in the opportunity, it was you did weekly meetings. We did weekly. So, so literally, this group would gather on a weekly or a monthly basis. Yes, and then they'll make their payments. In, in so they'll the make the payment on their loan. Or in the case if they have the mobile platform, they've already sent the money, but they okay. then just come so, with the showing that we've done it. But it's also your opportunity to be doing training on financial literacy topics or, you know. So could, teach them how to do business, mm-hmm. to get them to talk about what's working, what isn't working, do some problem solving maybe. Mm-hmm. And I know with Opportunity, you actually brought in, you, you prayed with the people yeah. and testified about the Lord, this kind of thing, got, got people to pray for one another. We would usually do that at the end of the meeting, although the groups would often open in prayer. I think it was to allow it to be optional. Right, sure. And so we do it at the end of the meeting, and if anybody has needs that they want to be prayed for, you know, but everybody everybody wants to be prayed for (laughs) at the end of the day. Of course. You know, if you make it optional, you you make it optional so you're not imposing on anyone. Right. But, you know, if you've missed out, and the next week everyone's talking about how God intervened and answered prayer, then they want to be part of it too, you know? So, So in the end, it's never imposed, but, you know, people... But people want to be prayed for. Of course, of course, everybody wants to be cared for, and mm-hmm. and I mean, you really created a little community, a little entrepreneur community. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so what's what the so the coolest thing here? So you've got this army of loan officers who are basically your little your little evangelists almost, and they're going out and building these building these entrepreneurial communities they're funding these entrepreneurial entrepreneurial communities and it's 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 uh you know and they're having making prayer happen and Mm -hmm. launching these 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 folks Mm -hmm. you know Uh, i mean it it's to me it's it's like a giant it's like an inside out church you know (laughs) it's like you know a church because you go visit these people on a weekly or monthly basis right you don't ask. You're not asking them to come to you. Exactly. You're bringing the gospel to them. Yes. And you're making them money. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 this is so crazy. It is so cool. You know. Yeah, it can be. I mean, <laughs> I, I find it that way. I mean, and I think, but you know, unfortunately, not everybody and not every organization within opportunity would do that. Um, I think that was a bit of the culture that we had created much more in Latin America, um, but. But it's got tremendous potential, you know, and I think the line that we always made, even in, like I said, in World Vision as well, they're very cautious not to be proselytizing. Right. But what you do, you know, because we serve everybody regardless of religion, but... Of course. Exactly. So it's not, we're not there proselytizing, we're not trying to convert people, we're insisting that to get a loan you have to become Christian or any of that. It's not that way at all. But it's, at the end of the day, you know, in your group meetings, what you do on a voluntary basis after the fact, yeah, right. I mean, we do all of our financial literacy training and everything. It's all biblically based, yeah. you know, but, and it's all bringing biblical wisdom and right. whatnot. But I mean, none bring, of it's ever trying you're to bringing, say... Right, God's ways in. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and, you, and you're also proclaiming him, you know, but I, I I agree with this whole methodology of of building you know it's what I call secular 
businesses, which means mm -hmm. we don't we're not requiring kind of religious performance among our customers or our employees this mm -hmm. this kind of thing. But but we're not we're not shy about uh, you, you know about being who we are. Right. And exactly. Being and being men the soul. And, of faith, and being, being the, the light. Right. right. You know. So you're out there. You're serving their real needs, mm -hmm. and you're offering an opportunity for them to to know the Lord and bring bring the gospel. I mean, it's it's so crazy and. And it's like in, you know, bringing God to them in their mm -hmm. world. I love it. And God and an, an opportunity to win and succeed in, in their situation. Exactly. And you know, I think so many times, you know, our, our missionary activities, we go with proclamation first. When people are, are saying, you know, hey, I don't have nutrition. You know, it's great that you've got a Bible, but, I, you know, that's not where I'm at right now. You know, I, okay, I'll pray the prayer, but how, mm -hmm. you know... My life, I'm I'm in desperate straits. Exactly. And, you know the other the other thing that was so striking to me, there was a period there where you were having ninety percent growth rates in your. Mm -hmm. I mean, this thing it was mushrooming. Mm -hmm. You know, and of course it makes sense. You're you're meeting someone's needs financially. Mm -hmm. You know what better way to carry the gospel? <laughs> and here it is, a bank. It's a I freaking know, I bank. I know, I know. You know, whoever thought of this? It's just it's just like genius. You know, and you were actually licensed banks. You you were a licensed bank in, in most of the jurisdictions that you were in. Yeah, exactly. And so it's this reinvention of banking, you know, to <laughs> and they're all nonprofits. So yeah. the whole idea was you take all the profits that would come in and you recycle those profits to grow the business. Exactly. They're all retained in the business. We never distributed money for dividends. Right. There was no dividends. So it would all, the, the loans that came in and the profits that were made were used to make more loans. Exactly. And, and, and uh, so it's like this bank that was not based on greed, but based on benevolence. Exactly. Oh, this is the coolest thing. I think we're calling it social enterprise now, but either way, you know, well, but that's what it's about. I, I mean, it's, it's yeah. about reinvesting the profits in the business to continue expanding to serve more and right. more people for people well and it's also a sustainable model exactly right you're not you don't require outside donations in order to make this thing work you actually serve people it, it became profitable enough to grow this business exactly and i was surprised by the size of microfinance. I mean, as I recall, and that was just a bookmark in my brain, at mm -hmm. one point, Opportunity had 1.2 million clients, meaning 1.2 million loans, right, mm -hmm. that it had made, and $1.5 billion mm -hmm. under management. Mm -hmm. You know, those numbers still kind of indicative of the scale of this thing? Opportunity's gone through a lot of challenges lately, so... But what about microfinance in general? How big is microfinance? microfinance in general continues to expand, and I think, you know, Vision Fund is also growing very rapidly. I mean, I last, we're now impacting about three and a half million children a year. And what does that mean, impacting? Because you're not loaning so to you're children, kinda, right? It's the clients, the number of children of our clients. So okay. Vision Fund has about a million clients. Wow. Okay, and um, so they're impacting over three and a half million children right That's now. Amazing. Their objective over the next five years, or by 2019, is to be impacting nine million children. Wow. So they're looking to triple their size over the next four years, roughly. Yeah. So, again, same idea using the same multiples, it would be about three million clients, two and a half to three million clients. Yeah. 
Now in, in East Africa, we're really looking to, we're at a couple hundred thousand right now, about 250, no, 290,000. So we're looking at growing our client base over that period to about a million. Oh. So. It's so amazing. I mean, just I just love the idea of taking something that is old, greedy, you know, and that's the way most people think of mm-hmm. banks. Of course, on auto banks are like mm-hmm. that, but to re-envision it to something that is, mm-hmm. you know, I've often said, right, I, there's, there's, Jesus is coming back to the earth and he's mm-hmm. going to establish a kingdom. And and we're going to live on the planet, and there will be banking. Mm-hmm. But, well, maybe banking will be different, right? When mm-hmm. Jesus is sitting on the throne and there's a kingdom, well, how will banking be different? Maybe to be more like this, where it's yeah. more about helping people right. and more about, more about launching things. And, and I just think the more we can envision what, what is God's ideas for the way things can work, right, uh, the better we're going to be. And I think this is just <laughs> a perfect example of that kind of thing. Yeah, I've been on that journey a lot of always asking, God, what did you create, let's just say, Vision Kenya, Vision Fund Kenya to be? You know, what are you doing in Kenya, and what is it that you created us to be? Because so much of the time, what I found was organizations that were really poor imitations of others, Right. okay, and really didn't have clarity of vision, (laughs) <laughs> I hate to say, even though vision was in the name, right. okay, really didn't have clarity of vision of what it is that they were created to be. And so I think across the region, we've really been contending for what is it that God intends us to be. And we've been pioneering and trying new things and going off in new directions. And I think we're starting to come to terms with that in Kenya. We actually mm-hmm. have a new direction that we're going and we're growing very quickly. But that same thing, whenever we have very rapid growth, (laughs) the challenges of managing that growth are enormous. And so we're still struggling with that. But I think think now it's it's really that instead of always coming up with your plans and expecting God to bless your plans, which is the way it's always been, is to say, no, what are you doing, God? Where do we fit? What is your purpose for us? And really aligning our vision to what God's vision is. Which is ultimately what World Vision is all about, is, you know, mm-hmm. they ex- hope that their vision is aligned with what God's vision mm-hmm. is, yeah. and that they're going after what is God's vision for the world, you know, and, yeah. and that prophetic destiny. So, you, know, you know, let's hit on that for a second. You know, mm-hmm. we're starting this new website, mm-hmm. uh, www.influent.life, and, uh, and um, the whole point of this is to create kind of an online community, an online resource. Mm-hmm. for, you know, I call it leadership to begin with, which let's talk about, right, getting hold of God, you mm-hmm. know, and becoming who we're supposed to be. Right. And you had a, you had a major transformation there. And, and, um, and the, the second is success, building success, because we're never going to influence others if we're not successful. Right. Right. We're not going to be. We're never going to be benevolent givers if we don't make money. And we're we're never going to. We're going to never going to influence society if if we're not in a place of leadership in a place of you know. So we need to build success, but then changing the world, influence society, make it a better place, bring God's value system to the planet. And so we're super excited about launching that. But jump back into your your own personal testimony because you you just really have. I've just seen. 
a lady who has just jumped in with both feet and gotten hold of God. I mean, you're pretty much a banker before, right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, like you would think of a banker. And, and, yeah, uh, so I met you guys. <laughs> and so talk about what happened a little bit and just how the Lord is, because you're just following the, following the Lord right now so, so strongly with such clarity. Oh, Lord, I don't even know how far back to go. Um, I think the Lord has just really been speaking to me a lot over the years about what you're talking about of redeeming banking, but redeeming microfinance. Right. Okay. And, and all the things that we're talking about, because like I said, there are lots of microfinance service providers uh-huh. that <clears throat> are there to, to serve the poor. But it isn't necessarily God's model. Right. Okay. And it isn't necessarily um, of God. So so your point is kind of to search out the way the Lord would really do it according to his value systems. And, and not and the build social that justice. Model. Right. Yeah. And not what is really just the current social justice mission. The fat. Yeah. You know, and of course he's into social justice, but exactly. But you're talking about the specific applications. Right. And so I think it really been going after that and what God is doing to redeem banking. But really, I think now the current journey I'm really on is what is God doing? It's, it's, breaking the, it's about breaking the cycle of poverty. Right. Because even though I've been doing microfinance for a long time now and for many years, and I'm seeing the impact that it has, right. and it's definitely changing lives sure. in, in that but it's still, there's so much more that needs to be changed at a foundational level right. to really break the cycle of poverty. Right. And so what's really on my heart now is much more in terms of working with the adolescents. When I say mm-hmm. adolescents, it may be adolescent girls. But so even starting earlier, bringing, earlier, bringing more holistic training rather than just financial training. Yeah, and then when you say starting earlier, it's it's. I even remember back in the days of Columbia, very early on, it would be those same women that you would we would be meeting in the landfill. They would say, you know, my daughter's 15 and she's got a child now, or she's pregnant. She needs to generate an income, or my son is 16 and he's getting involved in the drug gangs. You know, isn't there something we can do? And so it's really recognizing that you really need to be working it with that youth because they're the parents of the sure. young children. Sure. You know, like it or not, many of them are having children at 15. So if you really want to be breaking the cycle of poverty and changing the lives of families, the earlier you start, the better. Yeah. So I think it's, you know, I think for me, I think I've just really been focusing on the last several sure. years of much more of redeeming banking and redeeming microfinance, but now moving down and focusing much more on the youth. Yeah. And so, so personally, you, you, I mean, your your relationship with the Lord has really come alive. I know you've had an encounter uh, with the Lord, a personal encounter about mm-hmm. breaking the cycle of poverty and about really mm-hmm. having a personal calling to 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 break poverty. But just how do you how do you manage in the corporate world and busy and connect with the Lord? You know, I know one one thing you're saying here is of course getting really asking for his design, his mm-hmm. blueprint for his value system <laughs> to be integrated, but how else? Cuz I I know I know you're a lady that really prays and really 
uh, you know, wants to listen and, and hear him too. Well, your adoration prayer was a, big, <laughs> was a very basic building block, and so I think that's been critical. Believe it or not, even in Kenya, now that I'm living there, God TV's there, and mm-hmm. I'm always thrilled when I connect and I see IHOP there. Okay, <laughs> House and of go prayer. To the prayer, uh-huh. yeah, the prayer room there. But I also even will connect frequently on the internet to the House of Prayer, um, just for my quiet time. I think it's really important to have that quiet time with the Lord. It really, yeah. it's the only thing that keeps me sane. I think sometimes is is that quiet time, and so I have carved out quite a bit of time in you know just whether it's the mornings whether it's the weekends so i mean i have to to be honest this is even though i'm far away i still feel very connected yeah to kansas city you know even now yeah that's awesome yeah that's awesome you know and one of the things we we did i mean you you went to the leadership training course that mm-hmm. i i offered which actually is on the website now right and that kind of thing, but you really, you really wanted to integrate uh, kind of an understanding that work is worship, an understanding mm-hmm. the, to the to the, your loan officers and to the entrepreneurs that you guys were training, right? Mm-hmm. And so you, I actually, I I came and did uh, some of this training, which is really what I call my marketplace Christianity oh, yeah, training. You did. And came in and trained your loan officers. I remember this room full of, you know, what I have, 200 or 300 young women in there and teaching them marketplace Christianity. Talk, talk about the, the value of marketplace Christianity and, and just what it's meant to you. Wow. I mean, I think to me, that's how we first met is, is coming to your retreat. I think to me, it's, it was that was really, I would say, the beginning of the journey of really shifting my paradigm to really see work as worship. Because I think in many ways, I was like many other Christians that had, how do you say, siloed, very compartmentalized parts of right. my life. You go to church, so but then church, it's your work. <laughs> and church and work, and then two never met. You know? <laughs> right. So there was the Monday to Friday, and you know, okay, and then maybe there would be your Bible study group or whatever in church, but it was still somehow very separate. It right. was never integrated, never really seeing work as worship. And I think it was that whole process of merging the two that, for me, it just it changed my paradigm how I saw myself as serving the Lord. And on a mission, even in your job. Exactly. And having a calling, even at work. Exactly. And through your work, and through your, your, the, what you were doing. And so, I mean, I think whether I, was work, whether I would be working for Opportunity or Vision Fund, both of which are Christian organizations, or not, I mean, I would still see it as it's still serving the Lord. I would still see how I can bring the kingdom to what I do every day. Yeah. You know, how I can still be um, a light in the midst of the darkness. And I just even remember one of our very early, in whatever, retreats that I came with you. You had the, the guy from Minnesota. Bank in Chuck a, Ripka. Yeah. Chuck. <laughs> Crazy Chuck. Yeah, bank in a box or no, whatever. Got it. No, got, got it out of the box. Got it out of the box, yeah. That one. And I, I'll never forget that. And, and just, for our, for and our, this for our listeners, this is a guy who was a banker in uh-huh. Minnesota, 
And he was this crazy evangelist. I mean, just God guy. And mm-hmm. Amazing story. Wrote a, wrote a fantastic book called God Out of the Box. Right, exactly. But that's what it was opening my eyes. I said, wow. no matter who I work for or what I do, you know, I can still... Do the kingdom. Do the kingdom wherever <laughs> I am. <laughs> you know? so, yeah, you got so lit. You I, got I lit. did. And, and we together lit a lot of people in Latin America. <laughs> <laughs> we had some fun. Yeah. We had some fun. No, we no, I'm telling you, because when I left Opportunity, I still have them to this day. I can't tell you, they all wrote their handwritten notes uh-huh. to me. And it was all about the legacy that I left. It wasn't no just way. appreciating the, the work that I did. They were all appreciating the spiritual footprint wow. that we left there. And so wow. when I left Opportunity... It, the overwhelming, um, I want to say, response from everyone and all the handwritten notes that I had from everyone was thanking me for the spiritual legacy that I left behind. Wow. So that wasn't just me, that was us. That was us. Well, you were the, you were the driver making that all happen. So, I remember. It's an amazing, amazing deal. And Robin, you're doing, you're doing God's work and through Opportunity and now through Vision Fund mm-hmm. and the next deal, whatever it is, right? Yep. And it's amazing. I love that you're taking your job and you're turning it into this place to change the planet and bring his value system. Change lives. Thank you. <laughs> it's awesome. It's fun. <laughs> Again, Robin Bell, uh, Vision Fund. And how can they find out more about Vision Vision Fund? Do you have a web address or anything like that? Yeah, it's Vision Fund International. Vision Fund International. So go read all about it. Robin, thanks Mm -hmm. so much for taking the time. Thank you. My pleasure. All right. God bless. Thank you.